Would you like to accelerate your career and reach your full potential in just minutes a day? Welcome to the LeadX Show with New York Times bestselling author and Inc. 500 entrepreneur, Kevin Cruz. Hello, everyone. I'm Kevin Cruz, and if it's Monday, it's time for Manager Tips, Tools, and Rules. This is the day I share fundamentals of what it takes to be a great boss. Before we begin, remember to tell your friends, all of your friends who want to be a great boss, that they can actually get free leadership training, a free course of the day over at leadx.org. They can also participate live in our free weekly webinars. Our quote of the day comes from Jim Rohn. Happiness is not something you postpone for the future. It's something you design for the present. It's a classic Jim Rohn quote. It's a great reminder. Happiness is a choice. I know a lot of you are probably getting mad at that. How can I be happy when this is going on? There's things that happen and then our response to those things. Happiness is a choice. So let's dive into today's training. This is part two on how to give effective feedback. How can you improve team members' performance in just a couple of minutes? And of course, last Monday, we talked about this in detail. We shared the definition. Effective feedback is information about someone's behavior, which can improve their future performance. And I introduced you to what we call the big model. You know, give big feedback. You mentioned the behavior, that's the B, the impact it's having, that's the I, and then get agreement for change, B-I-G. And in this episode, I want to explore, you know, if it's that easy, B-I-G, why don't more managers give feedback? Why don't we give it more frequently? So, you know, I think the most common reason, and this was my own personal issue, is that managers feel badly. Either, you know, I, I, I'll talk about myself. I'm so non-confrontational, especially uh, early on. I mean, I still am, but I was really bad in my 20s. And I wouldn't want to give someone especially negative or constructive feedback because I wouldn't want to hurt their feelings. I mean, I felt like they were kind of like my friends, which is a whole nother topic. But, I, you know, I was friendly with them and they were nice and they were trying hard. Like, I didn't want to bum them out. Or I didn't really want to start a fight, especially with the salespeople who think they're only, you know, one more week away from landing the big deal or whatever it is. I just avoided that conflict. And one of the reasons why, like, I hate annual performance reviews is that performance reviews, when they are that traditional, awful, once a year thing, it enables bad managers, I was one, to, you know, it enables bad behaviors, it enables delay. So, if I'm thinking, ah, you know, I, I really need to talk to David about all the mistakes that he's got in his software, the modules that he's developing, that he's programming, but I'll wait until the end of the project and I'll just bring it up as part of the wrap up, you know, when we're always talking about things that went well and things that could have gone better. And so I kick the can down the road a little bit. And then that time comes and I do it again. I know I should really talk to David about that, all the bugs in his software, but I mean, he was working so hard. He was putting in the hours. He came in on the weekend. He's so loyal. You know, I don't want to bum him out. I don't want him to think I'm ungrateful. I really don't want to disengage him and have him like look for another job. I don't want to lose him. Um, you know, I'll just make a note of this and like in his file or, you know, on my calendar and I'll bring it up during his annual performance review because 
you know, after all, it's only like seven months away. <laughs> so this was it. I was always delaying that feedback. And if I, if I addressed, you know, back then, if you had done something that you shouldn't have done, or you need to be doing something better, you know, I would, I would hem and haw and, and say all this stuff. You'd walk in and be like, what was that all about? Like, did I do a good job or a bad job? You know, it, it's just crazy. But here's the thing. You know, I asked our audience on uh, LinkedIn and other social channels, do you want more feedback or less feedback from your boss? And it was like unanimous. I mean, people want more feedback. They get it. They know that with feedback, they will get better. With feedback, they're, they have a chance for their career to go. With feedback, it shows their boss cares about them, cares about the company. And I actually changed my views. I now can give feedback fairly effectively. Uh, when I, this was years ago, and I stumbled on this research that Gallup did. And, you know, I'm an employee engagement junkie. That was a lot of my research. And I found this study where they looked at a group of employees where they got feedback, but it was only positive. So kind of like that strengths-based feedback that Gallup likes to push. And 61% of that group was fully engaged at work. Good number. Uh, and, and the Again, using Gallup data, about one out of three people are engaged at work in North America. So 61% is really good. And then they, they looked at the employees who got feedback, but they only got the negative, the constructive stuff. The boss is always telling them like, oh, you need more training in this and you're weak in that. You got to develop there. Well, that group, 45% of that group was fully engaged at work. So even when all you heard about was the negative, you're more engaged than the average. Well, how can that be? Well, it's because there's a third group. Gallup asked the employees or looked at the employees who got no feedback from their boss. Only 2% of those people were engaged at work. So when you give, look, when you give people positive reinforcing feedback, when you focus on their strengths, they're really pumped up. They're really engaged. But when you give them negative constructive feedback, even if that's all you do, you're still engaging them more than nothing. You know, they say the opposite of love isn't hate. The opposite of love is indifference. So when I'm ignoring the program, when I'm not telling him that his code is buggy and he needs, you know, it's not up to standard, he's disengaged. Like, geez, I'm not hearing anything about my performance. Does Kevin even care about me? Does Kevin even care about this company? Like, what's going on? So when I understood that, that you know, great talent, great players, they want a good coach. They want somebody to make their game better, to raise their performance. Now, a common one you get from managers, which I don't think, I think is more of a smokescreen, is like, oh, I'm too busy to give feedback. And again, using the BIG model, like this is not something you need to schedule as a meeting. It's certainly not a, an HR one hour sit down. You know, that's something else. <laughs> feedback is like in the moment, you know, we're, we're, we're in a meeting with a bunch of people, something happened, and so I ask you to stay behind for two minutes, or I stop by your, your desk on the way in tomorrow, or I grab you by the elbow and pull you into an empty office. You know, it's something, it's a one-minute conversation, a three-minute conversation. And look, nobody likes arguing, but most people don't argue with their feedback, especially if you're a boss, a mentor. I mean, maybe you've got some hotheads on your team or something, but it's it's really rare. And certainly, you know, you need to remember, yes, it can be a little uncomfortable. Yes, we're all busy, blah, blah, blah. You're being paid to lead. And so you need to represent the interests of the company. And I feel you have a duty and obligation to those who you serve, the people that are reporting to you, 
to make them better. The other thing I wanted to talk about in this episode is like common feedback mistakes. And so, you know, the first mistake is that we often are just too vague with our feedback. And, you know, whether it's a negative, like, you know, Linda, you really got to step up your game or a positive, you know, Juanita, great job this week. Could be nice, but it, <laughs> it's not very helpful. Why, why, you know, why are you telling me I'm doing a good job? Was it because I worked uh, extra hours? Was it because I was really calm and collected with that angry customer? Was it I had good ideas in the meeting today? Like, what was it? You know, how? Do, what do I do more of to get your praise, your your attention? So you want to be as specific as possible. And and similar to that mistake is the mistake of like labeling the person rather than the behavior. And look, you know, we all have that dialogue in our head, like, you know, he's got such a bad attitude or she's great, but she's just not a team player or you're a horrible communicator, you know? And all those things could be true. I mean, you know, we have, it's hard not to make some of these judgments, but when it comes to feedback, when you're the boss, when you're the coach, you need to be specific. Like think about what are you seeing? You know, what are you noticing? What behaviors are you noticing that gives you that conclusion? You know, if you're a poor communicator, is it because I read your email that had 10 paragraphs in it and you could have made your point and asked the question in three sentences? So, you know, you're right, your writing is too wordy and, and therefore time consuming and confusing. I'm making that up on the fly, but you get the idea. Instead of labeling people, label, it's it, identify their behaviors. Another common mistake, sort of a third common mistake is to delay feedback. You know, here in the United States, our airport security folks are called the TSA. And you always see their signs around when you travel. Um, if you see something, say something. And, that, and they, you know, are all of our transportation. So it's on trains and buses and all this stuff. Um, I don't know if it's on buses, but anyway, if you see something, say something. And that's the spirit of effective feedback. Again, it's not, as I already addressed, it's not something that you wait for the after action review. It's not something you wait for the performance review. Uh, you don't, you don't schedule it like a month from now when you both are going to be in the same town. It's one of those things where, look, if you can address it within the hour, that's ideal. Same day, good. Same week, fine. But like, this is something you want to create a culture of feedback. See, this is part of the problem is if, and again, I lived it. If you go a whole year and nobody's getting feedback, and then all of a sudden you start giving people feedback, everyone's like, what's that all about? Is he in a bad mood or am I getting ready to get fired? Like, what is going on? You want to do the opposite. You want to make feedback like a daily thing. You know, hey, great, great job. You know, really liked the opening hook in that article you wrote. And then three hours later, hey, you said you were going to have me that article at 2.30 and it's now 2.40. What's up? <laughs> you know, maybe I'm being a little too flip and casual, but the point is whether it's reinforcing positive, reinforcing positive feedback or critical constructive feedback, you just want to be zinging it around and receiving it. Let people know that you can give peer feedback. You can give feedback to your boss. You know, one of my um, mentors, uh, Rudy Carson, bought my, the first time I sold my company, and I ended up reporting to him and being a partner in the firm for five years. 
the very first work day, he gave a speech uh, in front of this. It was it, my very first day at work was uh, like the the company retreat or whatever it was for the quarter for the year. And he gives the CEO speech in the front of the room. I'm kind of trying to hide in the back as the new guy. And he comes rushing to the back. He knew I had done some public speaking. And his first question was, hey, how'd I do? Well, I'm not going to say anything to the brand, you know, my brand new boss. First guy, job. hey, you did great, Rudy. Really liked it. No, seriously, tell me how I did. No, really, seriously, thought that was a good job. And then he zinged me. He asked the question. He said, if you had to suggest just one thing for me to change or do differently, if you had to, what would it be? <laughs> so I, I can't remember what I told him, but I told him something. And so we want to create a culture of feedback in all directions. So we do that by not delaying it. We want to do it as quickly as possible. Now, another mistake, and I might get some arrows, some zingers on this one. This is a pet peeve of mine. It's the praise sandwich. So this is like old school wisdom that if you're going to give somebody, you know, negative feedback, you sandwich it between two pieces of positive feedback, you know, like, hey, Harvey, I really appreciate all the extra hours you've been putting in lately, but I notice your code's been filled with bugs and doesn't follow our Java style guide. You need to be more careful about that. But hey, the guys on your team say you're a lot of fun to have around. <laughs> and the thinking is like, it makes it less awkward if you're saying something positive and it's more balanced showing that you're recognizing the good stuff. I think that's a bunch of crap. Like, just tell me straight. Like, if you gave me a praise sandwich, I would puke. Because like, look, you know, coach me, coach me, do it or don't. Like, don't come up with, don't lie to me and come up with fake praise to try to make the pill go down a little bit better. Just have the professional courage to tell it like it is. Because, you know, in my Harvey example, you know, Harvey's going to walk away and be like, cool, I got two good things going on and only one negative. I'm, I'm twice as good as I am bad. <laughs> or what the heck was that conversation all about? Just say it. And, you know, I guess the final mistake I'll bring up is, again, when we lack professional courage, often we will put the blame on others, especially on those kind of really awkward conversations like um, like dress code or, or bad body odor or whatever it is. You know, instead of saying, like telling someone, I've got a problem with the way you're dressing, like this is a problem, if you're afraid that's going to be a fight or embarrassing or, hey, I notice you stink, you smell, and I'm just being flip. You wouldn't use those words, of course. You know, you would say something, you know, the mistake is to say, Pat, you know, a lot of people have been talking about the way you dress. Many people find it inappropriate. And so that's distancing you from the critique or the feedback. So that's making you feel safe. And you might think it's making it a, a more acceptable conversation because it's just like, hey, I'm just telling you what other people are saying. But no, Pat's going to say like, well, what are you talking about? Who thinks I'm dressing inappropriately? Like, do you think I am? So it's going to bounce back on you and put you on the spot or it's going to cause a fight. And she's going to go away like, oh, I bet I bet it's you know, whoever, you know, Linda down the hall. She's never liked me. Now she's complaining about the way I dress. She's just jealous. Like you're going to cause all kinds of problems by saying other people are talking about this issue. You just have to be direct about it and tie it back to the standard. Uh, you know, it, 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 the more you try to set it up as this is a really embarrassing situation or I, you know, it ain't me, but it's other people. People will squirm. You just say it like it is, you know, hey, 
Pat, wanted to talk to you about what you're dressed, the way you're dressed today and how you came in last week. We have a dress code, you know, a dress standard here in the company. Here it is. We'll read it here together. Now you tell me, this is the get agreement part. You know, we have, well, you say we have these standards as a way, you know, to keep a professional environment and a professional image, especially when customers stop by or whatever that is. And then you say, let's look at the standard. Do you agree that you, you know, you're uh, showing too much belly or, or too much your, you know, low cut shirt or whatever is against this written standard. Hopefully you have a well-written standard when it comes to dress code, it'll help you out. But don't put it on other people. You just lay it out online and be like, oh, okay, I didn't know. I didn't know you guys were a bunch of prudes or I didn't know this mattered or or they'll just say, oh, I ran out of laundry, ain't gonna happen again. You know, it's just not a big deal if you don't act like it's a big deal. So effective feedback, you know, we've done two Monday episodes on this. I'm actually gonna do a third one, a, a top tips, because I think effective feedback really is a manager's go-to tool. Um, you could do a lot of things wrong or even just don't do a lot of things as a manager, but if you're giving people feedback about their behavior, the impact it's having and getting their agreement for change, you're gonna raise engagement levels, people wanna get that feedback and you're gonna raise performance levels. And so what if it takes you a few minutes a day, a few minutes a week to give the feedback? You will be saving time down the road by you know heading off problems before they've even happened. So on that note, your challenge of the day is go out and give some feedback. Friends, before we go, remember, at LeadX, we're on a mission to give free leadership training and professional development to everyone, anywhere, at any time. Visit leadx.org to check out our free course of the day and our weekly live webinars. And if you're the kind of person who always says thank you, please take one minute to go leave a quick rating for the LeadX show on iTunes because we're at 246 reviews and I need to get to 300. We get about two ratings a week right now, which is less than one per show. My heart is breaking. <laughs> but big thanks to the new reviews that did come in last month from people like M. Shahi, Annette Sky, Zin Tim 69, Mike 071966, Stacy H331, Kaplan in Carolina, of course. Princess Rose Love, Megahe01, and Living With Intention. Thanks, guys, for taking that one minute, going on to iTunes, clicking some stars, and that subscribe button. Remember, until next time, leadership isn't a choice. Leadership is influence, and we influence all of the time, at work, at home, and in our communities. Today, lead mindfully. Lead with intent. <laughs>